I remember that everybody was so smart, looking so good, talking such a advanced English, and I'm barely able to say something. And you know, when you are not confident in yourself, you're not sure what you can say, what's your voice worth of, and you're sitting like really calmly, you're not able to say anything, you're not able to speak up. And there are all those ambitious people who are striving to speak up, who are, I don't know, raising hands and trying to talk and uh, contribute to the project. And you're like, oh my God, I don't understand what's going on. I cannot say anything. So this is like the first way when I really realized maybe I'm not so worthy, maybe I'm not so good, maybe I really need to work on myself. Hello everyone and welcome to a new episode of the Honest UX Talks with um, Fisa and Ioana. <laughs> uh, I'm really happy you're tuning into this episode. This is going to be a very exciting episode for us because it's a topic that concerns all the designers out there. Uh, we're going to be talking about the imposter syndrome, uh, what it is and how well we can overcome it or maybe even embrace it. But before we move on into discussing this really um, interesting and valuable subject, uh, I would uh, love to hear how Amfisa's week went. <laughs> hello, hello. How are you doing, guys? Um, first of all, welcome on the next episode. And second of all, yeah, let's talk about the past week. So today is a middle of um, February. And by the time this episode will be live, will probably already will be March. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, basically, the, right now in the middle of the February, February, I think that it's still the same topic as we discussed last week. So the clubhouse is probably the, the top mind, most buzzword thing right now that everybody is um, discussing, using, jumping in. So my last week went really clubhouse-ish, I guess. And I already start feeling a little bit overwhelmed and even tired from, from it, especially the last two days. Um, because I think like for the last two weeks, I was on the club, clubhouse talking every single evening. And that also affects my sleeping a little bit because I'm getting too excited and, and maybe too emotional so that when I go to sleep, I really cannot fall asleep for like three hours. I'm thinking about all those different things, information, opinions and, and thoughts, and I, I just can't fall asleep really. And I, for the first time in my life, I started drinking um, those sleeping pills, the melatonin. So it's, a, it's, it's crazy to see how technology can really affect you emotionally. Um, but other than that, um, I think I'm really happy that I'm still not posting on Instagram. Um, I'm almost thinking or asking myself, do I want to come back? Because I was planning to be back in February, but we are still working on the strategy and like posting content sort of a pipeline with, with the social media manager. And I'm really asking myself, okay, it's so good without it. It's so good to not have this noise right now in my in my routine. So do I really want to come back on Instagram? So basically I'm at this point right now, I'm not sure what, what do I want to do with all the social media presence. Um, do maybe I want to take more time off to maybe reflect and learn something new and I don't know, get better. Um, again, maybe fight the imposter syndrome that is uh, kind of present for, with me for the last year year and it's like been for the first time I guess in the last 10 years not 10 years okay uh, maybe five years so it's this new imposter syndrome that I'm experiencing right now and I'm not sure I want to talk and being present online when I'm 
not confident in myself very much. And I feel like it even sometimes affects um, this podcast as we are talking. I feel like sometimes I, I'm not sure what I want to say and stuff like this. So yeah, it's been an interesting week, as you can see here. I wonder how was your week, Ioana? <laughs> Thank you so much for opening up like this. It's uh, actually, it felt very powerful to see you uh, in a vulnerable light because somehow you always seem like this superwoman that does all these things and has this course and does mentoring sessions with people on weekends and juggling between a full-time job and all, all these things in your life and um yeah i can totally relate to the vulnerable side of uh doing so many things because uh as we will be discussing later uh being successful is all is actually a huge trigger for the imposter syndrome so i can totally on i mean i i don't feel successful myself lately because i've been focusing on uh raising my wonderful baby but uh i can relate to feeling uh like an imposter when you're very much exposed out there um so my week yeah getting back to my week i think it was yeah very much around clubhouse as well uh it's taking up a lot of my time actually just last night i went to bed listening to a conversation so it was like this instead of uh putting on meditation music or some sleep song i was actually sleeping to a conversation on ux design so it felt a bit it felt exciting but also a bit weird and unhealthy and it, it also raises my anxiety levels because it's actually built around the fear of missing out and it's tapping on this um, vulnerable spot in our uh, psyche. And so, yeah, I feel, I feel uh, a lot of anxiety because of Clubhouse, but at the same time, it's really exciting and I made a lot of new connections and I'm spending a lot of time on it. And yeah, that was pretty much my last week as well. Also had some interesting calls, uh, conversations with some startups. Um, I've noticed that a lot of uh, small companies, big companies, they started recruiting efforts. So there's a lot of demand for designers. Everybody's asking me for recommendations and uh, I'm happy to see the market pick up. And the last thing that I want to mention is that I was invited to host an event in which I will be interviewing Alan Cooper, which is, <laughs> it also triggers my imposter syndrome big time. Like, who am I to interview Alan Cooper? But at the same time, I'm like totally in because this is so exciting and wow. it's going to be happening on 8 March. And I'm already uh, can, starting to build my interview guide and thinking about what, what, what can I ask? Uh, such a huge personality in the wow. design industry yeah yeah this is really exciting and also like nerve-wracking I think <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> wow okay so yeah we have built up I guess this uh, topic was talking talking about anxi anxiety and our imposter syndrome notes so let's maybe get into this topic yeah totally and um, I was thinking that we opened this conversation by, first of all, uh, defining what the imposter syndrome concept is all about. So um, I think that uh, everyone has maybe a personal definition and there's this global definition. I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are around what actually is the imposter syndrome. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, well, I don't know really what's the, the book definition of the imposter syndrome, but I think like we all experience it even from the word like imposter. You feel like you pretend that you know something, whereas you're not confident, you're not sure you know something. You basically maybe sometimes even sell design, but you're not sure can you really deliver on this? And this this feeling that really affects uh, maybe even productivity of yours and your, your work in, in general. So for me personally, imposter syndrome is 
lack of confidence in myself and um, in what I'm saying and what I'm doing, which could affect the way I work, taking risks, making smart decisions and stuff like that. Um, and I do think this is very, very common and big topic for anybody who's starting out in UX design because uh, UX design in general is very responsible thing because you're affecting people, lives of people. Like I was just saying that Clubhouse right now affects my, uh, my mental health and I cannot fall asleep for some time. So like when we as UX designers work, we do need to make those big decisions, important decisions for people and shape the behavior in a certain way. And sometimes if I'm not confident, I might have, um, I might be even not sure if I'm doing the right thing. So it's again, not this well thought um, decisions that I might do sometimes. So for any beginners who's just starting out I feel you, we are all going through this. We have all been there. In the beginning, you are not sure who you are even and how can you make those decisions? How can you build the products? <clears throat> so it's, it's this topic that I think we do really need to discuss in terms of how do we overcome it? How do we build the confidence? How do we really, from theory, jump to being confident and become <laughs> like these uh, almighty designers that might not have enough experience, but still know what they're doing? Uh, because let's face it, after you took the course, it's almost impossible that you'll feel confident and you know what you're doing. You still have a lot of gaps in your knowledge and lack of hands-on experience where where you know how to deliver, let's say. Um, yeah, great points you've made. And I think that uh, you did a great job on grasping this concept. Um, if I am to share my own definition, uh, I'd say that it's quite similar to yours, of course. And it's something around the, the feeling uh, that you're a fraud and that anytime now people will expose you as a fraud. So I think that it's this uh, feeling of in inadequacy that you're not uh, actually as good as others perceive you uh, to be and so yeah there's an it's, it's basically for me the imposter syndrome is an internal conflict between um, how you are perceived outside of yourself and how you uh, feel on the inside uh, and it all comes down to feeling uh, fraudulent in a way so yeah, these could be the definitions on which we build this conversation. And I would love to ask you whether you see some uh, common uh, symptoms or um, general symptoms that uh, you or other, other people around you have experienced when they were talking about imposter syndrome. How does it manifest? I do think like it's maybe we can start even from a more sort of deeper roots, because honestly speaking, I think like it's it's in the way we are brought up. Like, um, for example, when we are children and we are constantly surrounded by parents or somebody who is uh, raising us and we are taking a lot of, I guess, um, example from, from our parents. So we are learned to be always surrounded by somebody higher, somebody smarter, somebody more experienced, who leads us, who gives us validation, who gives us feedback. Versus, um, so this is like a pattern that we are taking literally from our childhood. And when we, let's say, step in outside, we are not under our parents, I guess. Um, and we kind of are alone in this journey of, I don't know, entering, stepping up in the new market. We don't have usually, and this is, I think, one of the biggest points that I really want to make, but usually we don't have the parents, right? We don't have the mentor who takes us by hand and tells us what's right, what's not right. We're basically um, surrounded, we're thrown in this ocean with many other designers who, who you think know everything and you don't know anything because I think like most of all, the biggest problem that you don't have validation. You don't have this um, 
confidence yet because nobody really tell, told you or gave you a feedback on what's right, what's wrong. Uh, what are you doing right? What are you not doing right? My biggest pattern that I've noticed is that we, as, as humans, we're used to, to have any certain le level of feedback that we always seek when we start in a new job or any, any new thing that we're doing. So when we don't have this feedback, we start boiling in our own, I guess, juices and overthinking stuff and thinking that we are not good enough or stuff like this. And, and I do think like this is very fundamental for us to have a feedback, to have somebody um, directing you and giving you Either it is a criticism or um, opposite the encouragement and the good positive feedback. So I do think like it's, it's one of the biggest problem right now that there are people with experience that are in high demand. And there are many, many more people um, who are just entering the profession. And the, I guess the balance ratio um, professionals versus newcomers is not equal. And all of those experienced people are not always available to, you know, take new mentors, mentees. And so there are much more people who are entering the field, but don't have those mentors. So they are basically, most of us are sort of destined to not have enough mentors or not have enough people who would help us to guide us to give us the feedback and build this confidence by validating what we are doing or giving us really like a feedback on our mistakes um so yeah i don't know if that's enough of the manifesto <laughs> that's what i thought about when we decided to, to pick up this topic what do yeah you think? it's yeah it's totally um it's it's totally a way in which it expresses itself and i think that you touched on some extremely interesting points around the causes of the imposter syndrome so what's causing it and um yeah i would like to maybe dive deeper into this um universe of uh, what what drives us into experiencing the imposter syndrome what other causes there are to the problem but before that i would also like to share some uh, symptoms that i observed in others and in myself as well so i think that imposter syndrome also often manifests itself in um, in the form of anxiety so uh, there's a lot of anxiety around uh, maybe showing your work talking to others going to events even networking because you always you're in a constant state that people are going to uh, discover that you're not as good as they think that you're not as that your work is not as uh, uh, experienced as uh, you feel like they perceive and so um, you're in a constant state where people are trying maybe to compliment you or encourage you and that makes you feel even more inadequate so it's a it's a it's a feedback loop it's a constant circle of uh, go it's a spiral down if you want and oftentimes some designers can even go into a state of depression which is I guess the worst way in which uh, the imposter syndrome can manifest itself but um a more interesting conversation is indeed around causes and you mentioned something super interesting about the childhood and getting used to having someone that's always shadowing us uh, and taking care that we're doing the right steps and validating us um what other causes do you think there are to this problem maybe social media or uh the design work being out there i'm curious to hear what do you think is triggering so many of us to have yeah. these feelings yeah i do think that what you just started saying it actually really affects um as you said like if we just go for i don't know events or a conference it's this one small cause right you put yourself out there you talk to a couple of people so you kind of being vulnerable in front of those people for i don't know one evening but right now in the social media especially right now in this pandemia um, lockdown period when you are constantly sitting at home all you have is this phone and social media 
and you're being constantly because again we know that uh, social media is this psychological trigger for us to look for some um, endorphins online for likes or whatever for content and so you're going online because it's very, very addictive and we want to come back to social media. But once we are exposed to social media, we can see that there are so many people that are doing all, like, all these great things, the content, the podcasts, the, the clubhouses, the YouTube videos, the etc. And they all seem confident and they all seem to be like constantly on the wave and being, I don't know, in a good mood, full of energy. And you start feeling like, am I doing, what's wrong with me, right? You're constantly being exposed to those people and you're not sure if you're good enough to be like them. So this creates this feeling of anxiety. And trust me, we with you, Erwana, we are doing a lot of things out there, right? We, we don't want to cause this, uh, this anxiety for other people, but we are also not confident. And we sometimes even might do things to prove ourselves that we are not that bad. We, when we speak up, maybe we're bottling in a way our own inconfidence. Maybe we're trying to get rid of it by talking, by putting ourselves out there. So yeah, when, when you start talking about things, you're almost like, discussing if you're knowing it's right or you don't know it maybe you're even looking for validation through those conversations sometimes so i do think like social media definitely extremely affects us emotionally for those people who are starting out for those people who are already in the industry and as we discussed in the beginning of this call um yeah like right now if you're being exposed a lot you, you start feeling maybe you're not good enough because look at all those people they're talking such a great things, such a smart things and you're thinking do i know even these things like i've never heard of those interesting terms or tools or whatever so it's it's been surrounding us for the whole last year and i'm sure it also affected us mentally um and helped us be more anxious in general um as we constantly are exposed to social media the other factors well i don't know if that's a factor but i've heard somewhere that women are more inclined to be um to, to suffer from imposter syndrome. Uh, there were some studies online that proved that, yeah, women have more of this sort of symptom uh, happening in, in, in their work. And that's also sometimes affecting their um, kind of confidence on raising up um, the questions like salaries and ability to speak up for themselves and say like, hey, I'm, I'm worth better. And, and that is like a very very big topic i guess also as to why sometimes we women being suffered from imposter syndrome as well but yeah what do you say is there something else you would like to add here i would like to add on the last point you made about being a woman in the design industry i think that maybe we should dedicate an entire episode to this conversation because <laughs> yes. it's, it's really interesting and there are a lot of uh, aspects to it that i'd love to touch on Continuing on the idea of what causes imposter syndrome, I'm totally convinced that social media is harming us a lot. And I, I, I do agree that we maybe contribute to this harm, but at the same time, it's, it's part of the world we live in and maybe we should rethink things and not run away from them. Uh, getting back to the causes, uh, some other things that I would like to add are that uh, not having a design background might contribute to this feeling that you're an imposter in this industry. Um, another point is that the industry industry is fairly new, so there are no clear standards or um, if you want, nobody knows what it means to be a good designer yet. So it's it, there's a lot of uh, um, newness and um, it, it's pretty confusing for everyone to be able to evaluate themselves uh, in relation to the industry and where others in the industry are. And I think that uh, two major things last point that I want to mention that can cause imposter syndrome, I briefly touched upon earlier, 
are the fact that you might have an accelerated career, which might propulsate you in senior roles or even leadership roles that you don't feel ready for. But that's because the entire industry is accelerating, is growing at a really fast pace. So nobody is actually a designer for 25 years uh, like you would assume that good designers are. So being in a very accelerated position is uh, something that can definitely cause a lot of anxiety. And another thing cause it is uh, actually in a paradoxical way being successful. So if people uh, are looking up to you or if you have a success of any sorts with the design you've created, the products you've created, the content that you put out there, this also will uh, actually uh, not make you feel better or more, uh, it, it might have the opposite effect and it often does. Before this call, I've looked up quickly on the internet about some facts on the imposter syndrome and I also found that uh, mainly high achievers are suffering uh, from imposter syndrome. So if you're ambitious, if you want to achieve something in your life, you most likely will be suffering from imposter syndrome. And and again, it's it's hard. Like, we don't want to say we are achievers, but it's it's the, the fact that you are ambitious might affect because you feel like, oh my God, everybody already achieved something and I'm not. So you're most likely gonna build yourself for not achieving it yet and that's that's another symptom maybe to look out for like if you know that you're ambitious you it's all right you probably need to understand it and embrace it and just go through this it's normal as i said like we're all going through this but i think we will discuss in a second um more of a yeah how do we want to go about it what are the tips how do we want to maybe overcome it um in a more effective way i guess yeah but um before we move on to discussing uh how to overcome the imposter syndrome if, if there's a need for overcoming it mm -hmm. and why the imposter syndrome might not be that bad i would love to hear your personal experience with the imposter syndrome so i'm really curious to see how it affected you uh throughout your career yeah okay so i feel like <laughs> coming back to the story over and over again but i'll try to kind of talk about my story but from like again angle of the being under imposter syndrome again so in the last maybe last or one of the previous episodes i've mentioned that my journey has been sort of before and after being confident <laughs> so like there's those two stages before it was theory and me drifting around not being sure what i'm doing and then confidence after i've been um, i've been after i took the internship and then i was teaching in the event courses so those are two different stories and i hardly hardly suffered from imposter syndrome before um this breakthrough line, I guess. My imposter syndrome story starts from the fact that I'm coming from Ukraine, where, um, for example, English is not a very well-developed thing. So we don't really study English very well, even though I'm, I was studying in specialized English school, but I, I still felt like I don't know English. Um, I couldn't express myself well on English. And I remember I was traveling with some friends. They were so well well-spoken they could I don't know joke around and I was barely able to express myself and so I moved to Estonia uh, I think it was around 21 or 22 and it's Nordic European country where um, people speak in English really really well so I sit in my first classes on my on this I told, I told already in the past that I took master degree in Estonia so I was sitting in those first classes and I remember that everybody was 
so smart, looking so good, talking such a advanced English, and I'm barely able to say something. And I even remember, like, and you know, when you are not confident in yourself, you're not sure what you can say, what's your voice worse off. And you're sitting like really calmly, you're not able to say anything, you're not able to speak up. And there are all those ambitious people who are striving to speak up, who are, I don't know, raising hands and trying to talk and uh, contribute to the project. And you're like, oh my God, I don't understand what's going on. I cannot say anything. So this is like the first way when I really realized maybe I'm not so worthy, maybe I'm not so good, maybe I really need to work on myself. And for the first year, I was hardly, hardly suffering from being a person who does not contribute to the team was not being useful. I even remember um, the moments when somebody was trying to talk to me and I'm sitting and looking at them and feeling like, what are they saying? And I'm trying to reply something and they don't understand me. And we are sitting like we're talking different languages. And then my mentor, well, actually the tutor of that class looks at us and saying like, oh, welcome to the new world, uh, lost in translations. And I felt like, oh my God, he's referring to me that I don't speak well on English. So I feel so bad after that. And there were a lot of those moments in the first year of my study when I felt like, oh my God, I'm so bad. I can't, I can't help. I can't um, talk and people around me know English so well and they are also experienced. So I'll, I'll rather sit here calmly and, and not express myself at all. That was like the first year. Um, and now if I look back on the assess I was writing, my English was indeed really, really bad. Even when I graduated three years later, uh, my tutor told me that I badly, badly needed a, a copywriter uh, or somebody who would check my text because it's unreadable. It's like my, so it became my trauma that I cannot talk English, on English really, really well. I even gave myself some, this manifesto that at some point I will become so good at English that I'll even write the book on this to prove everybody's wrong. So <laughs> this is like the first sign when I felt myself so bad, but I really wanted to overcome it. That's, that's the first thing. I know it's not uh, related to 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 UX design in general, but that was that was really tightly connected because I think like we work mainly in English. This industry is very English speaking, and ability to express yourself, ability to present and um, argument your decisions is super important. And so for me, English was the first important part of, of becoming a confident. The second part was, of course, as I started working, as I started freelancing, I was still not sure what I'm doing. I'm drifting around. And I told you, I took this uh, internship at the design agency. Um, and there, everybody seemed to be so confident and smart. It was the best agency I could find. It took me a lot of energy to apply there. Um, I went in and I felt like, oh my God, everybody's so cool here. What am I doing? I'm not able to do great things here. So I kind of... I was almost sure that I'm bad here. I'm not good enough here. And then it also affected me. I've spent a lot of time. I almost burned out. I was doing a lot of different things, but I don't think I was doing them smartly. So in a way, I was not helping myself to, um, to make a good reputation in that company. Uh, and I was constantly fighting inside of my head, like, am I good enough to be here among these people? And luckily there were um, like two people there. One was really outspoken and easygoing and he would always approach me and he would always give me feedback, which really incredibly helped me to start building that confidence. And there was another guy who never talked to me. He was very calm, uh, very Nordic, not emotional at all and never would give me any feedback. I think in the whole, I guess, four months of, of internship, he told me like, I don't know, three phrases or one email or something like this. So it was very unapproachable person. And I, I literally, I was grateful so much for this other person who would always approach me and give me the feedback, which I literally, I really realized how important it is to give people 
people feedback and validation. And uh, also my tutor at the university, that one, that tutor who told that probably you guys are lost in translation, um, he was also very calm, very unapproachable and never really talking to us. So I, I felt like, oh my God, I'm being abandoned. I'm being a bad kid. Nobody cares about me and stuff like this. This is like the syndrome comes from the childhood. So at the end, those two mentors, I guess, one is tutored at university, another one is calm person at the, at the internship agency I was taking, were affecting me badly. But then there was other side of it. There are people who were helping me out, who were always kind of coming up to me and helping me to progress and giving me feedback. And it was just so valuable at that point that it helped me to shape myself and really build, start building that confidence. And only, as I already said, like the last part of it was that I went to a different country, to Georgia, and I badly needed it because in Estonia, people are very calm and reserved. And it's very hard sometimes to get feedback from them. So I, I did like a very huge turn and went to Georgia, southern country, Caucasia, and I was teaching their UX design where people were open, warm, always giving you feedback, always helping you out, giving jokes and stuff like this. It was completely different experience. And only because the people were so open and hard um, hearty I guess also welcoming to me it helped me to it basically validated that I'm doing the right thing so when I was given the lectures every second evening they were giving me props and and uh, helping me validating that I'm not doing the bad thing here that I'm not like a, a fraud here so <laughs> it's really really helped me a lot to uh, build the confidence and after I finished that um, teaching experience I, I finally felt like wow I'm a different person right now I know what I'm doing I know where I have gaps and now I just want to put my hands onto something and I know bring value <laughs> so um, yeah I know it's been a long story but it's, it's, it's definitely this complex story that is not you know so linear and that you can say like yes you know you go here you go do you do this and then you overcome this imposter syndrome I think like it's a always personal complex um, and almost intimate story of everybody um, who's going through this. Tell me a little bit more about your story. <laughs> yeah, I know you, you also have some, um, some struggles there in the beginning. First of all, before I go into my own story, I just want to say that, wow, you, you had such a powerful um, experience in your early years. And I think that I want to thank you for, for sharing oh. this story with me and with our audience. Because, yeah, it's... I, I'm, I don't know, in the last few months or maybe in the past year, especially after the pandemic started, I became a huge fan of showing vulnerability and showing the struggles you have and not polishing what we show out to the world. And that's how the Honest UX Talks came about. And um, well, actually, you were the one with the idea behind them, but I immediately clicked with it. So um, getting back to my story, uh, it, I kind of um, resonate with your own. It, I feel there's a bit of uh, overlapping there in the sense that I also worked in a team of very cool designers, bright people, some of them with uh, experience working abroad, working in industrial design. I, I, I looked up at them like they were some sort of geniuses of design, which I was very far from being or perceived myself as being very far from being. But so for the entire uh, time I worked uh, with this uh, design team at ING Bank, I felt like a fraud and I felt like I was, what, what am I doing among these people? Because these people actually, some of them even have a design background, which was a rarity in Romania. And so uh, I felt really inadequate. But uh, what I can say now after all the 
stress around that uh, past and many, there are a couple of years ever since. Uh, I can say that that period was actually fundamental in shaping my design personality. So being surrounded by people who kind of make you feel okay, maybe uh, like a fraud or inadequate is actually a fantastic way to grow and learn and advance your, because uh, I remember something that Andy Budd once told me, he told me that I have to make sure that I'm never the smartest person in the room. And so this is something that maybe maybe it's not a bad thing to put up with the imposter syndrome because it means that you're surrounded by people that you can learn from or that you can look up to. Or, or So you're actually growing when you have this feeling. And um, another point that I want to make on, the, on my journey, my experience with imposter syndrome is that um, having the public validation or having the public success with UX goodies only made it worse. So it didn't help me feel like I'm a better designer, like I'm saying good things. Like, so it made me feel more and more inadequate and asking myself on a daily basis so absolutely daily basis who am i to tell these people what they should be doing as designers what gives me the authority to discuss these things in such a big platform online and so yeah i have been feeling the imposter syndrome really bad ever since us goodies became successful but i'm learning to deal with it and maybe mm, turn it into something good and uh yeah fight the fact that it feels one-sided. I don't want to be the one that's teaching people. I want everybody to teach everybody and create a space for uh, where, where I'm not feeling uh, such an imposter myself. Um, I just wanted to add the five cents here. I, I really love that you're saying, first of all, that you're saying we not necessarily need to frame what we're doing as teaching, but more of a sharing, sharing experiences, helping each other. And I also love that you said that, oh my God, I'm not feeling confident because I have this you know huge and successful page that actually just make me question whether I'm good enough. That just says that I think it's a very, even though it sounds bad, but I think like it's a very right message that we need to share across that you need to embrace this. You need to challenge yourself. You need to put yourself in a situation when you're not sure if you're good enough. Only this way you can grow. And if you shape your perspective, change your perspective, sort of turn this perspective 180 degrees, you can actually, once you overcome this fear of imposter or, or of syndrome of imposter, you'll look back at what you have gone through and you'll most likely feel like, oh my God, this was the best experience ever. That taught me so, so much. Only with some time, when you look back at this, you'll understand the value of it. And that if you feel uncomfortable in the moment, probably it's, it's the right thing to do. Probably you just need to go through this. You need to be Maybe you need to reflect. Maybe you need to, I don't know, talk to people to to maybe to go like like we're doing right now, like having those therapeutical um, conversations with the body, with UX body, to reflect on your current state. But I think like to be uncomfortable at where you are is probably a sign that you're on a good uh, on a good road, and you probably will learn a lot from it. Uh, so yeah, maybe just dropping it here to help people to shape their perspective and not thinking about it as a negative thing. Absolutely love the point. Yeah, it's exactly what you, you've managed to convey it way better than I could. Uh, no, no, no. I think your story is also and I would... powerful. <laughs> anyway, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, so now I was thinking maybe we could discuss a little around how to overcome or deal with the imposter syndrome. What, what is your advice um, mm -hmm. to, the, to our listeners? And then maybe I could share my little two cents. So yeah, I'm really curious to hear 
how to deal with it. I'm sure it's not going to be two cents, but all 10 cents or more. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so uh, as for me, if I again I look back into whole this journey in your story and my story, I do think there is the pattern on still suffering and that the fact that well, you want it or not, but if you want to grow, you need to put yourself into this uncomfortable situation and you need to go through through maybe failing or maybe doing the wrong thing. But one advice which I feel like I need to give here or a lesson I've made throughout this journey is to fail fast. So the, the faster you put yourself out there, the faster you get the feedback, the faster you get the validation, either it is or good thing or bad thing, whatever it is, but you get the validation, you're, you're getting the feedback. So if you kind of reserve yourself from doing this, the longer you sit here, you sit in the corner and not express yourself and not talk and um, kind of staying calm and like thinking that you're distant and you, you will overcome it at some point, the longer you make this journey for yourself. I think like the earlier you start to talk, to again, fail quick and to... Um, again, seek for this feedback, the faster you became more professional, more experienced, the faster you being directed, the faster you, um, you know, if you're doing the right thing. And there is, I think like if other people, especially coming from creative backgrounds, like arts or graphic design, it's a bit of a hard mental model to, to wear it because we will learn that. And again, I'm also coming from art background because I was painting from five to, I don't know, 25 something. Um, and I was also going through those art schools and stuff, but ultimately we are taught to kind of, you know, to create the art and it's for the beauty and that's, it's not for criticism. And if you don't understand my art, you probably bad so this is the very very wrong mindset to get into the ux design in general thing as does ux designers our goal is to seek for feedback as soon as possible is to fail fast to then minimize the risks of putting the wrong product on the market so you need to embrace the failure you need to embrace the negative criticism you need to seek for it in order to grow and in order to build the right things in general so this is, needs to be the shift in your mindset in general and, uh, and there is unfortunately no simple way that, you know, take the theory, take the one course, and then tomorrow you become a confident person. You still need to go through this loop of, um, I don't know, taking the theory, putting yourself out there, seeking for the feedback, and only with a lot of those feedback loops growing your confidence and becoming um, good enough, smart enough person to, to share it with others. So I guess my biggest um, piece of advice would be to fail fast. <laughs> I have a couple of tips that I want to share with our listeners. I'm going to try to keep them like a bullet point structure because uh, they're quite different and I want to make sure that I go through all of them. So the first point that I want to make is that maybe you don't have to overcome the imposter syndrome, but you just need to embrace it. So I think that the imposter syndrome will probably be part of your journey as a designer for the rest of your career. So might as well stop fighting it and just understand that it's there and see how you can use it to your advantage or how you can live with it in a, in a pleasant relationship. Uh, another point that I want to make is that you should stop comparing yourself to others. I think that this is what causes or um, deepens the, the inadequacy feeling. Um, I also want to uh, ask our listeners to always be mindful of the fact that they are not their work, so you are not your work, um, and we should stop linking our self-value to the results we get and to the feedback our work gets, so separate ourselves and our identity from the work we're doing. Um, 
another important point, I love this one. Um, I think that we should all accept that it's absolutely normal and healthy to not know things. So it's okay that you don't know everything. It's okay that you feel like, okay, I didn't know that. That's great. You're learning and nobody knows everything. So we should just be uh, accept, uh, accepting of the fact that we don't know things. That's fine. That's normal. And it's absolutely healthy. Um, another point is that journaling might help us with the imposter syndrome. Um, and the last point that I want to make is one that you made earlier. I just want to repeat it is that a mentor could be of great help in, uh, in terms of helping you overcome this feeling or um, making it something that's a bit more productive instead of toxic. So with these advice, uh, we've just shared uh, pieces of advice that we, we've just shared. Uh, maybe um, before we move on into our top three uh, favorite ideas from this conversation, uh, maybe just some ideas around why the imposter syndrome might not be that bad after all. I'm curious to know if you have some thoughts around this. Yeah, but I think like we've already sort of emphasized on this idea throughout this whole conversation. And again, as, as we, you just pointed out, and I just said in the previous story that actually, if you are going through imposter syndrome, probably you're a hard achiever. So you will probably succeed at some point. And it's all right that you're not feeling confident just yet. You are in the moment when you are uncomfortable. And it only signifies that you are on the right track. You are learning from this experience. So in general, again, it's all about, and this is something I wanted to bring in our top three points, but I may even start already. But I think like my biggest point or takeaway from our today's conversation is that perspective or framing is everything. So the way you look at things would really help you uh, to progress. So let's say if you're uncomfortable, it's not a bad thing. You actually need to change the perspective and look at it like, well, actually I'm learning, just like you said. If I don't know this book or this resource, if this point, oh my god I just learned something new so it's again about being vulnerable but being open but also sharing what you know and exchange the values it's not about being guru being professional know everything from the get-go as soon as you took one course it's really all about stating what you know what you can help contribute but if you don't know something wow that's great I've just learned something so really shaping the perspective in the positive way could really help a lot uh, anyone who's starting out or even like we are already working and still learning every single day something new. Um, yeah, what would you add to this topic before we move on to the three top three points? Actually, I would love to uh, continue with your next two points because you made okay. a strong point and I'm really excited to hear the other two points that you wanna, the takeaways from our conversation from your perspective and then I'm gonna share my top three. Okay, yeah, sure. So another thing is, um, I guess, it's to the point that you brought up earlier as well. I think you mentioned it in the point when we were discussing the definition. I think like imposter syndrome, it's it's internal conflict uh, when you sort of, um, you look inside and you compare yourself to outside. And we sometimes think that, let's say, let's imagine this big bubble and you think like you're this one drop in the ocean and your knowledge is so minor, it's not, so not important, but that is actually not true because, because in fact, if you look outside, if, if you're taking off this, vulnerable and not confident head and if you look objectively everybody is the drop of uh, in the ocean and everybody have their own perspective have their own experience and have something to bring on the table it's just that we all have different perspectives and it's not like you are this minor drop and your knowledge is nothing but 
everybody has a bit of a knowledge and everybody can contribute. So if you zoom out and look at this ocean, uh, everybody has something to bring and you just need to trust in yourself, maybe. Um, that would be my point. And yeah, the last point, I mean, maybe, well, I found some help in an um, extra validation in a way, even an in Instagram. For example, one of the book that helped me a lot to start the Instagram was um, Show Your Work by Austin Kleon. I think I already maybe brought it up in the previous episodes. It's the book that helped me to just say that you don't need to wait to the moment when you have this perfect portfolio with everything uh, proofed and everything figured out. You need to contribute to to your learning journey every single day and just put bits and bits and bits of work every single day. So I, it helped me a lot to put myself out there and start this um, this account I'm running on Instagram. So maybe books like um, Share Your Work and maybe other books on, on confidence and um, yeah, overcoming this syndrome could help you a lot. Reflecting, for me, Instagram was a place of a reflection um, and it helped me a lot to emphasize or I guess strengthen my knowledge in what I thought I knew. Okay, that would be my three points. Tell me what are your. So I'm going to start with uh, a point that you made uh, quite early in the conversation. The fact that the imposter syndrome is kind of, it starts off in childhood. So you can trace it back to your childhood when uh, we were, like you said, uh, always surrounded by an authority in the um, in the shape of a parent or some other caregiver um, that could validate us and tell us that we're on the right track, that we're doing the right things, that what we did has value, who we are has value, and then you 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 lose that voice when you grow up because there is no parent or I don't know boss that holds your hand and keeps telling you how wonderful you are and what a great job you're doing. But perhaps uh, the twist I want to give to this point is that maybe the external voice we were used to can become an internal voice and can be something that we learn to tell ourselves in a very loving and caring way just as a good parent would, uh, would, would talk to us. The second point is that um, the design industry kind of lacks this uh, direction or these standards by which to judge yourself. So everybody is, uh, it's this ever changing, it's a very dynamic uh, system of uh, com comparison references if you want so now the i don't know the new visual trend is doing new morphism or glass morphism or right? anything of this kind i can't do that so i'm not a good designer so these uh external uh standards always change it's 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 not clear what it means to be a good designer the definition is ever changing so that's why we constantly feel like somebody else is doing a better job because uh, things are changing at a very rapid pace. So I think that when the design industry will mature and become more stable, then it will become easier to understand where your place is, why you're valuable and uh, define your own work better. And the last point is that if you if you plan on overcoming the imposter syndrome by becoming more successful, I just want to restate the fact that being su successful and more successful than you are can uh, just add to the feeling that you're a fraud. So it's not uh, that by having, uh, I don't know, success or doing things that are uh, appreciated or praised, 
that's not the way by which you overcome the imposter syndrome, but the only way is to actually embrace it, learn to live with it, and and actually make it a part of uh, your uh, introspection efforts and a means by a mean by which you can shed light on what are the vulnerable parts or the things that you need to work on as a designer. So uh, don't chase. Uh, victory after, uh, after victory, hoping that this will make you feel like you're not an imposter anymore because it won't work. <laughs> and uh, with this last point, I just want to, before we wrap up, I just want to let our audience know that I uh, recorded this video with the baby in my arms for the entire, for almost the entire conversation. So this is a victory in itself. I congratulate myself for it. Uh, I don't feel like an imposter. <laughs> mom, I'm a good mom. And and, uh, yeah, yes. so this and is, it looks uh, so cute. <laughs> <laughs> this is the last uh, point I wanted to make. Any closing thoughts on Peace Hour if you want to share anything else with us? I'm sure we covered a lot. So I think if needed, guys, let us know in the Instagram under Honest UX Talks. We are open to your feedback, to your topic. If you have any other topics to submit, please let us know. We would love to be uh, to make those calls more productive, hopefully helping you out. Uh, so yeah, if you have any subsequent topics on this matter, please let us know. We would love to cover it uh, even farther if needed. All right. Um, yeah, I guess that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. And I really hope to see you on the next episode. Yay. Thank you, everyone. And bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>